Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Today, we are talking to Coach Pat Baldwin. Coach Pat is currently an assistant coach for Coach Patrick Ewing at Georgetown University. And Coach Baldwin just recently joined the Hoyas coaching staff. I had the pleasure of working with Coach Pat for three seasons at Loyola Chicago. And if you know Coach Baldwin, then you know he loves his family, the game of basketball, and rolling up his sleeves and going to work. Early on in this conversation, you are going to learn where Pat developed this amazing work ethic, quite simply, from watching his father work two jobs growing up in Leavenworth, Kansas. Coach Pat Baldwin is a 1994 graduate of Northwestern and was one of the top players in school history. Coach Pat ranks first in school history in steals, second in assists, and 20th in points. And he was a three-year team captain for Coach Bill Foster. After playing professionally overseas, Coach Baldwin started his coaching career at Lincoln University in Missouri with Coach Bill Pope. Coach Pat then would have stops at Wisconsin Green Bay for Coach Todd Kowalczyk, Loyola Chicago for Coach Jim Weitzel, Missouri State for Coach Paul Lusk, and then Coach Pat would return to his alma mater to assist Coach Chris Collins. And in year four with the Wildcats, he helped Coach Collins to their program's first NCAA appearance. Coach Pat then would spend the next five years as the head coach of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. With the Panthers, Coach Baldwin would guide them close to 60 wins. Pat and his incredible wife, Sean, have four wonderful children, Patrick Jr., Tatum, Brooke, and Claire. Patrick Jr. was recently selected as the 28th pick in the NBA draft by the Golden State Warriors. As I mentioned before, Coach Baldwin and I worked together for Coach Jim Weitzel at Loyola Chicago, and Pat was the epitome of loyalty, hard work, teaching, mentorship, and passion for the game and the university. I can't wait for you to hear the honesty in his voice in this conversation. It truly speaks to the incredible coach and man that Coach Baldwin is. In my opinion, Coach Ewing and the Hoyas are super fortunate to have Pat impacting their players. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. By the way, if you need fall gear and uniforms, check out my show notes below and connect with Moneyball Sportswear today. Enter the promo code DRO and gear up. And if you are looking for a book to read, I recommend the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. See my show notes for how you can secure a copy of this amazing book by Coach Murph. Finally, pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Basketball Position Metric. Rashad Phillips breaks down how the evolution of basketball has called for updated terminology for player positions. See my show notes for how you can pre-order this book by this incredible basketball mind. Enough of Coach Joe. Let's get to Coach Pat Baldwin and tell his story. Pat, why do you coach? I coach because... Number one, I love this game. I have a passion for it. And, you know, I, I remember getting into it because of basketball, number one. But then I really started reflecting and, and I got into coaching because of the kids. And, you know, we always have the saying of it's not four years, it's 40 years. And, and that has really rang true as I've coached even more in uh, the years have gone by. You know, these kids are really, really important to me. And, 
if I can make some type of difference in their lives and, and not just the game of basketball, but, but in life, I feel like I've you know, fulfilled my goals and uh, what I'm supposed to do. Not four years, 40 years. Where in the world did you get that? That is awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of coaches use that. And, but really, you know, I know Coach Weitzel used that a little bit. Right. And uh, then when I started working with Paul Lux when he was at Missouri State, yeah. After our days at, at Loyola, and then I went over to Northwestern, both of those coaches used that, and it's really true. And sometimes it's just a cliche or a phrase, but it really rings true to this day. There are a lot of guys that you know I coached when I was at Green Bay, at Loyola, even at Lincoln University, where I started out as a D2 coach, that you know I'm checking up on those guys, and you know it's 20-plus years, and, and it's great to see how they've matured and developed and now they're either married and raising a family or doing other things with their lives and uh, that's again that's what it's really all about and we're just a piece and a part of of what they're going through in their journey so that four years to 40 is really important you know you mentioned right off the start when i asked you why do you coach you talked about your love of the game and there's two people in my professional life that i've encountered that absolutely love the game of basketball at the highest level Rob Murphy, who I worked for at Eastern Michigan, and Patrick Baldwin, who I worked alongside with at Loyola Chicago. There's one thing I can count on. Coach Pat Baldwin loves his family and hoops. Pat, when did you fall in love with the game of basketball? You know, I can trace all the way back to when I was little. My entire family from my dad, he coached it and repped it and did everything. And, and not just basketball, but, but just every single sport. But my oldest sister, she played. She played three sports, and, and uh, you know, all the way down to my twin sister. You know, she played, and but we were always around the game. So I can remember being in the stands at three years old. I can remember going to, you know, watch my sister play at, at Washburn Rural in Topeka, Kansas, and listening to you know Michael Jackson tune on the in the on the car radio. It started that young, and. You know, I used to cry when I would lose or if I couldn't get to a game or something happened. I mean, that's just how much the, the game means to me. And, and I throw everything into it. And sometimes it's to the detriment sometimes of my family because I do spend so much time with the game and with basketball. But at the same time, I think it's given us so much joy in our family and our lives, too, that there's that commonality that we all have. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk about your family at the end and you have a beautiful family. But before we dive into your new role with the Georgetown Hoyas, Pat, you were a great player at Northwestern. I specifically remember watching you battle the Fab Five. I think you got into it with Juwan. I can't remember the actual moment, but it was incredible. And you played a big role. You mentioned Coach Collins. You you helped Coach Collins guide the Wildcats to the NCAA tournament. I was just glancing at your Twitter handle. I was putting my son to sleep. Your college coach, Bill Foster, make every place your big time. What does Northwestern truly mean to you? It absolutely means the world to me. When I went there, I had no idea the type of place and that it was what it would do for me, you know, many years after I graduated, number of people I would meet, the influential people that I would meet. And it just really, it kind of makes who I am today. You know, it's, I went there as a, you know, young 17 year old and naive at that. And my whole thinking going there was to try to be different. You know, I knew how different or difficult it would be from a basketball standpoint to kind of go through uncharted territories and try to win there at that program. And I wanted to be the first one to 
lead that group or lead our team to an NCAA tournament. We came up short and went to the NIT, but that was what I, that's what I wanted to do. And to this day, you know, I met my wife there, you know, I, I coached there. It just means the absolute world to me. And, you know, that's kind of like my second home. What about Coach Foster? When You know, that make every place your big time. What kind of an impact did he make on you? He was really big for me and because, uh, you know, he gave me an opportunity. You know, I, I don't profess to be the, the smartest guy and, and didn't have the, the greatest ACT or SAT or wasn't the best student at Northwestern either. But, you know, he gave me an opportunity to, to change my life. He gave me an opportunity to be in the Big Ten and and to, you know, walk amongst some of the, the greatest minds in the world. And uh, when he talks about make every place your big time, I, I take that everywhere I go. And, yes, yeah, a part of my, my Twitter feed. And, and I, I tell our, our guys and anybody who wants to listen about making every place your big time. And what that means is any place that you're at, you know, you're just giving it your all. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, from a sports standpoint, if it's low major, high major, mid major, it doesn't matter. You know, every place is your big time. And you just throw yourself into it and stay and be in that moment. But Coach Foster was huge in my life, and, you know, it's sad that, uh, you know, when he passed away, but we had stayed in touch a lot prior to that. So you're currently an assistant coach at Georgetown University for Coach Patrick Ewing, one of my favorite players growing up, Dream Team Knicks. (laughs) Who is Coach Ewing? You know, Hall of Famer, Hoya, uh, big-time coach, obviously a a big-time player, but really, really a nice guy, great guy. I think anybody who who really – meets him and encounters him, you wouldn't even think that he was that Hall of Famer or that, that big-time NBA player or three-time All-American at Georgetown and MVP of Final Four and all those things, but he's a super guy. He's a super guy. I love working for him. He's easy to, to talk with. Um, he works hard. You know, I think that's a misnomer about NBA guys and coaches that in that NBA mindset or that pro mindset, but, but he's in the office. He's He's working. He's on the phone with kids. He really throws himself into into the game, too. You mentioned a little bit about your coaching lineage. You've been at Lincoln University, Wisconsin Green Bay, and Loyola Chicago, where we worked alongside each other, Missouri State, and Northwestern. Five years the head coach at Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and now at Georgetown. You've had some incredible experiences. You work for some good people. You know, you've had some great people work for you. But like some of those guys that you have worked for, those past head coaches, how did they impact you, Pat? It's unbelievable the the amount of coaches that I've or the coaches that I've worked for and and what they've done for me. And I mean, I think when I was at Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Bill Pope, he was the head coach there. And the crazy thing about working for him, and I didn't know him until you know I interview for the job that, you know, when I used to go to the Kansas basketball camps when I was little, you know, in high school and junior high, you know, he was a manager at the Kansas for the Kansas basketball team. He was a manager under, under Larry Brown. And that's how he got to know me. And, uh, you know, he was a Kansas guy and lo and behold, when I wanted to start coaching, you know, he was one of those guys and, you know, worked at Green Bay and Todd Kowalczyk had a great run at Toledo and, and then uh, Jim White, so, you know, worked for him for, you know, with you and yeah. worked for him for seven years. And he's just the absolute salt of the earth, Jim Weitzel is. And I count him as, as one of my best friends to this day. You know, when you talk about loyal, you know, there's no better loyal person than uh, 
a more loyal person than, than Jim Weiss and, and our families are, are really close and Connie's a, as great of a person and, and I could see where Jim gets it from and, <laughs> and uh, like I said, just salt of the earth. You know, when we were at Loyola, and I know we're talking about head coaches, but just the type of people that we had a chance to work with and obviously you, you were a part of that staff and Mark Lovelace and Shea Boyle and, yeah. you know, the list goes on. Howard Moore, oh, yeah. um, who was with us for, you know, for one year and, yeah. and, uh, hopefully he gets himself better. And, but we just had a, a tremendous time and I count those as, as uh, some of my favorite years. I and mean, then at Missouri State was there for two and then was at my alma mater with Chris Collins for four years. And I've just been fortunate, you know, to be with really good people. And, you know, you could talk about it, you know, the wins and losses. Really, it's about the people. And you guys made it so much fun being at, at all those places. And, and the head coaches at all of those places, they made it that way. Yeah. And that's how I try to be as a head coach. And now as a, with, you know, my tenure as an, another, as an assistant coach under Patrick Ewing, I try to be the best assistant coach that I could possibly be. Yeah. Be the best coach, you know, for those kids and, and, uh, represent, you know, represent, uh, the head coaches the way that they want to be. So one of your former assistant coaches texted me this, and I'm going to share this with you. Coach Baldwin has a relentless mentality to get it right, whether it's on offense, defense, culture, community, etc. The thing about coach that he is always searching for new ideas to improve the program, getting it right, working hard, searching for ways to improve. I know, Pat, you called your office the sanctuary. I was just blown away working alongside of you. Your work ethic, Coach Weitzel's off the chart. How did you develop this incredible mindset of working so hard? I just watched my dad. You know, he worked two jobs. He would, you know, work at 3 a.m. He'd get up at at 2 and and, uh, drive to work in Kansas City, Missouri. And, you know, he'd go to work. And then when he'd come home, he'd, he'd work. When he come home, and you know, days that he was off, he would, or he, if he didn't have to work the second job, he would come home and he would try to sleep in the car, knowing that I would be knocking on his door or, or wanting to uh, play catch with him or have him rebound for me or play catch with the football. I just watched him day in and day out. And when I used to have a, a paper route when I was growing up, and we'd get up on like at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning to go get the papers at Leavenworth Times and roll them up and, and throw them so that. You know, everyone can have their papers by 7 or 7.30 in the morning. Just watching him was how I developed my work ethic. And then there were a lot of lot of teammates that I had and, and my high school coach and, and even my junior high coaches and everybody that I was really around. You know, they, they poured into, into me and gave me bits and pieces of my work ethic. And um, I, I'm sure and I know there are a lot of people who work just as hard as I do, but but those are the people who really impacted me and, and gave me that the work ethic that I have. And I do try to get it right. You know, I, I, and I'm not always right. I'm, you know, make mistakes, obviously, but kind of my, <laughs> my problem is trying to get it right all the time. And, and there's nobody that's perfect. And, and I, I sometimes got to get past that. Though. I remember once you came in the office and you got back from the final four and you're like, coach, Dro, I just went to this, <laughs> went to this presentation on synergy. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Pat? And you're like, I'm telling you, Joe, this thing is going to change college sports. Like, we have to get on the front end of this. And I'm like, okay, Pat. And I'm just like, sure enough, the whole world operates on synergy. And it's just, you know, just constantly evolving, Pat. And just, you know, one of the things I've tried to been open on this podcast, like I haven't evolved as a coach 
and you have. And, you know, I, I love that mindset of just trying to get things right. That's really, really cool. You've done a great job of getting things right, Pat. So I applaud you for that. Thank you. I got so much more to, to do and to get right for sure. <laughs> J.R. Blount. He texted me this. He's the current assistant coach at Iowa State. Did he did he text you that he can't that I can't beat him? I'm sure he <laughs> said something like that. <laughs> no, no. And we both know JR is is doing an unbelievable job at Iowa State, you yeah. know, down the road, future head coach. And I just love this quote. He said, Dro, Coach Baldwin is one of my biggest mentors. I remember when he sat in my house when I was 16 years old recruiting me. He's one of the main reasons I chose Loyola, because of his passion. And this is what I love. Coach Baldwin promised me he would challenge me every day. He's a role model on and off the court and someone who I trust wholeheartedly. A promise to challenge me every day, Pat. I love this. How did you create this approach? You know, JR is one of the, first of all, JR had his own work ethic. And he was one of the, the easiest guys to coach just because he had that in him. For him to allow me and Coach Weissel and everyone else who, who coached him, but you know, for for us to, to be able to coach him and him to allow it was great. You know, he allowed us to, to get on him. You know, we challenged him to be better than what he was in one year and come back the next year and be better. It was just unbelievable to to coach someone like him. You know, there are other guys that I was fortunate enough to to coach who had that work ethic, but Jr. was one of those guys that, you know, you can count on him every single day. And, you know, when it got beyond, you know, for me challenging him, it was, all right, him challenging me now, you know, for him to say, all right, what else do you have? You know, what else is there that, uh, you know, that can help me get better? So as much as he could say, I helped him get better, you know, he really helped me become a better coach as well. One of your former assistants, Pat Monahan, texted me this, and I love this. <laughs> coach Baldwin always made his assistants feel like they had a voice. He allowed input, and he valued that input. Why were you so open in allowing your assistant coaches to have a voice, Pat? You know, coaches gave that to me, and I don't have all the answers. I think you and I both know that as we coach and, and uh, as we go through this this journey that there's so many different ways that you can call a play or get someone motivated or run an offense or defense or whatever it may be. And, and I didn't have all the answers. And obviously as a head coach, you're, you're going to have the final say, but, but I wanted every single uh, person that I work with um, in my role as a head coach, I wanted them to have a, have a voice, have a say, give me ideas. Cause I was the same way, you know, coach Weitzel gave me, you know, opportunity to have use my voice. Coach, coach Collins did, coach Lutz did. Yeah, I think that's the way that head coaches should be, you know, given given that opportunity to those coaches and and let their word and and let their expertise come out as well. You know, because, you know, I've been doing it for a long time now, but I think they've seen things that that maybe I hadn't seen, you know, that can really help us out. Pat, what was the hardest thing about being a head coach? Taking everything home with you. You know, I think sometimes as, as an assistant coach, sometimes we can let things go. You know how it is. You yeah. might have a, a scout and, you know, you may have out of the 10 teams in your league, you may have, you know, amongst the three assistant coaches, you might have three in a possible four right. teams that you scout. Sometimes those assistant coaches, you know, we don't take every single game home um, or every single loss is as uh, bad as the head coach will. But that's the one thing is, you're always on. You're taking the loss home. You're you're watching film after a game. If it's you know even if you win, you're still thinking about 
ways that you can get better and what could you have done? You know, you got to prepare for the next one coming up. You got to get your practice plan better uh, and prepared for the next day. But, and then you're always responsible for however many kids you have on that roster. Mm-hmm. And so you're constantly thinking about, are they doing the right things? Are we helping them get better? Do they like us? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, uh, you know, just those, those little things. And, you know, and then the hardest things that we deal with as head coaches is if someone fails. You know, that's like a, a gut punch because, you know, you, you sit in the living room or or when parents or families come to, you know, you're recruiting those kids and, you know, you, you promise, sometimes you promise those kids that you will look after them or you'll try and work hard to, to help them get better. And, uh, you know, things don't work out the right way. It hurts me to, to this day if I see someone who doesn't graduate or doesn't finish through a program because, for some reason or another, they decide to transfer. You know, those are difficult times for, or had been difficult times for me as a head coach. I wanted to circle back just getting head coaching experience. I remember you were at Northwestern. You just called me out of the blue and you're like, Drell, I'm coaching this summer team, college all-stars. Kind of at the time, I'm not I'm not sure many teams like this existed anymore, but you could tell that you wanted to get head coaching experience to have it on your resume to make that next jump. And obviously the success you had at Northwestern, it was valued that you were to become a head coach. How do you think a young coach can get that, especially an assistant coach can get that head coaching experience? Is it even possible? Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's absolutely possible. And, you know, one of the things that that I wanted to do, you alluded to me coaching during, you know, those uh, teams that I took to Europe. And to me, that was kind of like my uh, internship as a head coach. You know, I would bring those kids when I was at Northwestern. Uh, we'd have maybe nine or ten guys on the roster. Luckily, we were flying out of Chicago, so right. I would have those guys meet at Northwestern. We practice a couple of days and then head off to uh, wherever we were going in Europe. But that gave me an opportunity to run a practice, to put together a practice plan, to formulate a team and manage the team, and then when we got overseas, to you know be able to. You know, however it is with curfew or different things like that. And, and, uh, and then in the games, I was sitting in that seat and there's no better way of getting that experience than sitting in that seat. I don't care if it was exhibition or eight games that I coached or, or five games, however many games we coached. And, and uh, I think that was still a valuable experience, but I think that's a way that, you know, kids or younger assistant coaches, they can get that experience. The other way, obviously, and you know it is, you know, being with a program that your coach allows you, your head coach allows you to, you know, have a voice and be really prominent in in every facet of the program, from recruiting to on-the-floor coaching to everything else that's involved. If they're having you meet with alumni and boosters and talking with them, and some of the things that I used to do was, you know, some of those AD symposiums and meet some of the, the ADs and and go through mock interviews and, and stuff like that. I think that's really valuable that uh, a lot of these young assistant coaches can do. You know, you mentioned recruiting. I remember going in your office at Loyola and you would have 50 kids on the board and you, <laughs> A, you have, would have seen all of them. You could tell me all about them. You could tell Coach Weitzel about all of them, but you had this, just, it goes back to your work ethic. You connected all the dots. And back then, I don't think we were texting, but you were getting your one call in. You're talking to their high school coaches. You were talking to their AAU coaches. It was just phenomenal. Never have seen, you know, I remember watching a couple of years ago at uh, the junior college national tournament in Hutch. You just, every game, 
like dialed in, watching every player, evaluating, so focused, so dialed in. Pat, how did you develop your own personal recruiting mindset? You know, I had to learn it. And you had talked about before just the the number of head coaches that I had been with. And in my younger days, I actually learned it from, from Todd. Just he wanted every type of watch. He wanted every single, you know, every single kid. He wanted to, you know, you have notes on every single kid. You may not get them. You may not even recruit them. And at some point, and especially now with the transfer portal, at some point you might go back to these kids that you don't get or they go to some other program and you have to, you know, if they decide to, to leave another program, you know, do you have notes on them? Do you have, you know, do you have IDs on them from the standpoint of the parents and what they're looking for and, and creating and developing those relationships? And that's what I try to try to do when, when I was recruiting and, and doing that now. But that's just what I, that's how I wanted to be. I, I wanted to, yeah. you know, I wanted to watch every single game. It goes back to, you know, I think I have a, a great passion for this game. I love watching the game. Yeah. I love seeing kids develop and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, just being able to, to see them and say, yeah, I saw you, I saw you play on July 10th, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and uh, we couldn't get you, but, <laughs> but, right. but, uh, enjoy watching you play and then be able to go back to your notes and, and, uh, talk about them a little bit and recruit and get to know them. So Pat, you have a beautiful family. You have an absolutely amazing wife. You have four world-class children. And I know you love your family so much. We'll talk about here in a second, but your son Patrick was just drafted by the Golden State Warriors in the first round. Just incredible. But your daughter's heading to Northwestern to one day be a doctor. (laughs) What does family mean to Coach Pat Baldwin? Yeah, family means the world to me. It's it, it means sacrifice, and it, it means giving up a little bit of ourselves as, as parents to, to make sure that they have everything that they want and achieve the goals that they have. And you know, I think that's what Sean and I, we do for our kids. We sacrifice, we give up some of our things that, that we want or want to do, and and uh, we just allow them to, to be who they are as well. And, you know, obviously Patrick is playing basketball, and Tatum is, you know, she she wants to be a doctor. Who knows what Brooke and, and Claire want to do? They have a little bit more time, but yeah. um, you know, we just try to pour everything we can into into them, and that's what that's what family means to us. And love and sharing, caring, and and all those things. That's a famous uh, white term, sharing and caring, for sure. So I remember you working out your son. He might have been maybe seven or eight. I'm not a hundred percent sure of of the age, but I mean, you worked him out. How did you inspire Patrick to fall in love with the game of basketball? You know, it's funny. Just it, it seemed like he was almost destined to just be in, involved in sports. Sean, when he wasn't even born yet, he said he was at a game and kicked during a game. You know, yeah. and uh, he was in his stomach. And but I, I think he just had a insatiable attitude for the ball number one I don't care if it was a football or basketball or anything he just wanted to have a ball in his hand and then he migrated towards basketball obviously because I'm a coach but um, there's pictures of of us in the house or him in the house just just shooting with his little tykes basket I know your son does the same thing right now but just being around it and watching it seeing me come home with the computer and watch it, you know, sitting on my lap and, and watching, uh, you know, watching me break down film or anything like that. I can recall being at Loyola 
after a game. Maybe I talked to Andy Mazur and, and uh, Dave after the game, and he's sitting in my lap. I can remember him being on the end of the bench at Loyola during some of our games or underneath the basket as a ball boy. I think that's just, just how you learn, how you develop that, that love for the game, and, and he had it. And then it made it easy for me if I wanted to work him out or if he wanted to go to the gym, it made it easy for me to you know, just be able to coach him and teach him some of the little things that he needed to know at that age. Last thing on Patrick, but world-class young man, like amazing, amazing young man, just so impressive. And that's off the floor, on the floor, has that skill to shoot that basketball. So, I mean, there's so many things. And I know he battled some injuries the last couple of years, but two things. What was it like coaching your son? And then was there ever a point where he maybe wasn't in love with the game? And how did you handle that? Yeah. First of all, it was an absolute honor and just the greatest feeling in the world to to coach him and and more than just coach him, just to be around him. You know, we were able to I, I thought we had a, a really good relationship and, and yeah, I mean, your 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 son and your dad, you're gonna have you know, you're gonna have father son battles or challenges and things like that but you know you always knew it was there was love in there and then when we had a chance to to be together we grew even closer and and he actually and really helped me out as a coach because he just allowed me to put things or helped me put things in perspective even more and just to be around him every single day to see him grow to see him mature to help him out through his battles and adversity with, with injury and, and try to help him get through the year. It just allowed us to get even closer. And, uh, you know, I appreciate every single day that I had with him. And win or lose, I, I mean, it was, it was the, the most fun I had, I had ever had as a coach, you know, being around him. You know, the other side, what was the last question? Was there ever some, and I, I'm, <laughs> This is the crazy dad and me, but my son, he's he's soon to be seven. He's pretty talented in the game of golf, but there, you know, right now he's kind of fighting yeah. me, fighting me that he just doesn't want to do it. And my wife will probably gotcha. think I'm nuts for asking you this, but I'm like, I've just, <laughs> I'm trying to go through the month of August and not say the word golf to him because I don't want to push too hard. Yeah. And I just want to know if yeah. there's ever a situation with Patrick that maybe basketball wasn't his biggest priority for a stage of his life and how did you handle that yeah you know it's tough sometimes because you see you know for him we recognize that there was a gift or a talent right that he had and he could shoot and do all the you know he was bigger than a lot of kids so and developed a little bit uh quicker but so there's that urge as a coach urge as a as a father to say all right let's let's go a step further then you know you see him performing a, a jab step or you see him make a shot and like oh wow Let's develop some more of his game so you think that you can work him even harder or, you know, you start thinking about, all right, what is this going to look like two or three years down the line or four years down the line? You try to start preparing him. And at that stage, you start realizing that it can be too much. You know, if he says, no, I don't don't feel like playing today or I don't feel like going to the gym today or, you know what, I just want to shoot on my own, Dad. That was hard to accept because you think and you, you feel like, I'm giving you a lot of nuggets that I have or or I'm teaching you how to train. I'm teaching you how to be, you know, the best you can be. And, you know, you're saying, no, I just want to go and have some fun today. I just want to go shoot. That was hard for me to deal with because I was always, I was always like, all right, let's go. What's next? Um, That type of (laughs) 
that type of kid. And he was different than that. So we developed this thing, you know, from a father's son. And I learned this from another coach who had coached his, his son. And he said, you know, a lot of times when it comes down to working out, you know, if my son asked me to work out or go shoot, I would say, okay, do you want me to be dad while you work out? Or do you want me to be coach working you out? Right. And we gave him that option. So if you know his dad, you could just shoot and rebound and, and, you know, you're not trying to go, you know, a thousand miles an hour or, or you're not getting upset at, at little things. And if it's coach, he knew that, and I knew that we were going to go work out. You know, so that really helped, you know, making that delineation. It's tough. It's really tough, you know, especially if you think that, you know, you, your son, I'm sure he's a pretty good golfer and probably can beat you a little bit. No doubt. Uh, maybe I'll put you. <laughs> but but it, it's tough because you want so much for, we want so much for our kids. We want them to be successful. And then if they get into something, whether it's, you know, the piano or guitar or playing golf, you want them to be the best they can possibly be. And if they fight you on it, we take it personally like we're the failure. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That we couldn't get them where they where they wanted to be. But it's a tough line. It's a it's a really tough line. And we this guy just told Coach Ewing he has a and I was telling him, Hey, you know, he was watching his son train. I said, and I <laughs> I coached him, I said, you know what? I said, Let him let him have fun. <laughs> yeah. Let him have fun and uh kinda help him step back a little bit. So we've got to step back at some point. Yeah, great advice, great advice. So, Pat, I always end the podcast. What are some simple keys for young coaches? Simple keys. You know, number one is network. You know, I think the the biggest thing is, you know, if you if you want to, you may already be in coaching or if you want to get into coaching, it, it, a lot of times it's not about what you know, it's who you know. Everybody has some, there's some very good coaches out there. But meet as many people as you can. Learn as many different avenues to get to where you want. You know, I think the other thing is, is passion. Don't do this for money. Do it because you, you love the game and that you want to teach and that you want to see young people get better and improve on and off the court. And the last thing that I just would say for young assistant coaches is just always pick the right people that you want to be around because the game isn't any fun if you're, if you're around people that you either don't respect or you don't like. Um, and you're just doing it for the wrong reason. And the people, that's what matters the most, the people that you're around. And, and I think you and I have been fortunate that we've had some really good people that, that we've worked with and worked around. And um, that's what the game is. That's what this basketball landscape is, too, is just being around great people. Well, Pat, I'm so appreciative of your time. I'm going to be really honest with you. I was a horrendous coworker to you. You know, at, no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> at that time of my life, I was so hard headed. I thought I knew it all. I truly knew nothing. You know, I think about that time, 34, 35 years old. I wanted to be a head coach so bad, but I truly didn't want to put in the work. And then I, I experienced you and your loyalty to coach Jim Whitesell was simply off the charts. Your loyalty to the players was truly always about getting them better. You were a high character man, massive family man. You know, as I reflect now, approaching 50 years old, there is no doubt in my mind that you are indeed a high level coach, a head coach. I am wishing you all the luck with the Hoyas. 
I'm getting a couple Golden State Warriors jerseys. I'm wishing you <laughs> and your wife and your family just a great fall. Again, thank you for your time and thank you for helping young coaches. Uh, thank you, Draw. I appreciate you, you having me on. You, you do a great job with this. You were a tremendous, tremendous coach with, with me. And, and I, I learned just as much from you um, as you think that you've learned from me, especially, you know, those chair drills and, and uh, but just how you, you know, brought up just an unbelievable amount of energy and good spirit to, you know, to our, our office and, and to the floor. And um, that's what I try to do every single day. I appreciate you so much. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. That was a great conversation with Coach Pat Baldwin. Here are some things that I love that Coach Pat shared. It is not four years, it is 40 years. I throw everything into the game. Northwestern means the world to me. Makes me who I am today. I went there to try to be different. I wanted to be the first player to lead the Wildcats to the NCAA tourney. Make every place your big time. Coach Foster gave me an opportunity to change my life. Jim Weitzel is the salt of the earth. No more loyal person than Coach Jim Weitzel. And I've been fortunate to be with some really good people. As an assistant coach, I try to be the best assistant coach that I possibly can be. Watching my dad on how Pat developed his work ethic. The mindset of trying to get it right. But nobody is perfect. Love your vulnerability, Pat, there. Just love this part of the conversation. J.R. Blount, you can count on him every day. What else do you have for me today, Coach? Coach J.R. helped Coach Pat become a better coach. I don't have all the answers, but the head coach does have the final say. However, I wanted every coach who worked for me to have a voice. The hardest thing as a head coach is taking everything home with you. You are always on. You are responsible for all the players on the roster. The hardest thing is when someone fails. Again, incredible reflection by Coach Baldwin. How Coach Todd Kowalczyk impacted him in recruiting. Notes on every kid. Family means the world to me. Family means sacrifice. We allowed them to be who they are. Love, sharing, and caring. It was the greatest feeling to coach my son. We grew closer. How about this advice? Do you want me to be dad or coach while we work out? Let them have fun. His simple keys for young coaches, network, passion. Pick the right people you want to be around. Thank you, Coach Pat Baldwin, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Again, if you're looking for high-quality athletic gear and uniforms, check out Moneyball Sportswear. I can't say this enough. If you're looking for a good book to read, you have to grab a copy of the book Deep, The Life of Rod Murphy, Alive with Purpose. Finally, if you're looking for another amazing book, pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Position Basketball Metric. Again, see my show notes. Stay safe. I can't say this enough. Be you. Keep coaching. And see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.